Have you ever failed in something and you stay down? You wanted to build that business, you wanted to create a better life for yourself and for your loved ones, but because you stay down, you didn't? Today with me, I have a Lewis. He is trying. He was up and he was down. But the most important thing is he's not giving up. He's not ready to give up. He wants to grow and he wants to work on himself. And today, with his story, he will share us all his ups and downs and he can encourage you that you can do it as well. So welcome, Louis. Hi. Hi, Vincent. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you very much for taking your time and you are here. Uh, very good. You're doing a second actual interview with you. We did one in the past. Uh, when you were uh, pursuing your fitness coaching, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the first interviews I've done, actually. It was live. And, um, yeah, so, Luis, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, like where you are in your stage of the life, and basically, so a little bit of your background so people can uh, get to know you a little bit more? Absolutely. So, right now, I focus on coaching and speaking, and the way I got there has been a long journey. It's been a very interesting dynamic of things that I went through. I've got a lot of a lot of background information to give of where I went with that because I grew up like most people. I went. I tried to do well in school. My whole goal was getting into a job. When I was in school, I remember when I decided what did I want to do in life. I always wanted to be a teacher, and the thing that put me off teaching was when I found out that. You know, the teach a teacher's salary, and I was like, that's not really that great. It's not really that impressive. Mm. Kind of, you know, my dad, my dad was in engineering for oil and gas, and you know, I seen well, he makes good money, so why don't I go in that direction? I've always loved numbers and drawings, um, engineering drawings. So I went, I went down that path. And what was quite interesting about that current thought process at sixteen, seventeen was. I always knew I wanted to do some form of teaching or guiding and helping people, but I didn't know a way of being able to do that. I thought that the only way you could do that was to be a teacher. And that was why I came away from that direction. So it's kind of come around full circle. Fast forward back to today where I now realize that by getting into coaching and building a coaching business or working with influential people like yourself, I'm able to come in and help people and teach some of the knowledge that I've loved to learn because I've always been obsessed with learning. I love reading courses, mentorships, um, seminars. I can I can certainly touch on some of that learning in a bit as well. But the route that I went down is I got into I got into engineering thanks to my dad. I started to do quite well. I got an apprenticeship. I got my qualifications. I moved forward, and every single year I made more money. But eventually I got to the point where I plateaued and I've kind of went, well, there's without working for another five, 10 years and hoping to get promotion, there's, there's no way to make more money other than potentially a 2% rise. And I started to feel capped. And on the side, I had always been entrepreneurial. You know, I, I, I done my, my first sort of business in high school when I started selling chewing gum and, and, and sweeties at school. I still I still remember the day like it was yesterday. Someone I I had so I had a two one bit of chewing gum left. I think I maybe had two bits. And someone came up to me and oh, can I have that? And I was like, no, it's my last bit. And he was like, uh, I'll give you ten pence for it. And me at fifteen thinking, wow, ten pence for this little bit of chewing gum. The whole packet only costs thirty pence. So I'm hmm. like, 
wow, that's that's an amazing markup. And I didn't, you know, I didn't even well, I didn't even know what the term markup went meant <laughs> at that point in time. But I'd done that and it just a light bulb went off in my head and I went, huh, I could do this. So the next day I came in with more chewing gum and started offering it to people. And I, I realized very quickly, and for any of you listening who are entrepreneurs or want to be an entrepreneur, the thing you need to constantly look for is a problem to solve. And and without even realizing that at that age, obviously I didn't know that at that point, but I had found a problem to solve. People mm. want the convenience of being able to have chewing gum on demand. They can't leave class and go to the shop and get some. But if the person in class has some, that they can get it. I became a very easy way. And I started to make very good money for my age and for how long ago it was. This was, what, 12 years ago. Mm. So I was actually making more than I would have with a part-time job. Mm. So I'm sorry. That got me very interested in the numbers and I used to come in on my spreadsheets and even overcoming obstacles. I remember <laughs> I remember I used to come in, all my, my chewing gum was in one pocket and the money was in the next pocket. And I come in and if somebody asked me what have you got, I'd pull out all the chewing gum and show them. And there was this bully, huge guy, absolutely massive. And he came up to me, he goes, what have you got? So I, I pull it out and he just grabs it all, just walks away. He doesn't run, nothing. He, he just knows there's nothing you can do because how big he was. And I'm just looking, watch them walk away and distraught. And I'm like, what am I meant to do here? I certainly couldn't get it back off him because it was three times the size of me. And what was I meant to go do? Go tell the teachers that, they've, they, that I've had my chewing gum that I'm selling, <laughs> that I'm not meant to be selling, stolen from me. So I was uh, stuck. So I went home and I went, how can I solve this problem? So the next day, I came in with a spreadsheet. So when someone comes in, I'd pull this bit of paper out, which is a printed out spreadsheet, and I had my itemized, what was it, what I had, was it in stock, how much was it, and I would hand it to people. And mm. I, remember, I still remember when he next came around to try and pull that same trick on me, and I pulled out a bit of paper, and the look on his face said, oh, found a problem, and I, I tried to solve it. So mm. that's really the entrepreneurial mindset. And I've done that at 15, so I'm quite, quite chuffed that had that mindset but despite that it never went anywhere that was you know a side hustle that I had I got into engineering I started to make really good money far more money than I could possibly have made selling chewing gum and I always done things on the side I got into investing I I was always quite the introvert very shy so I was very intrigued by the opportunity to make money without having to speak to people. Do you know, Louis, that <clears throat> this is a podcast and it's gonna go on YouTube and you, you know, you are shy, but this is gonna go on YouTube, yeah? You know that. You are good with that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're, we're way past that. Ah, okay, okay. I'm interested to hear about that. Yeah, and it's been, it's been an, such a journey. Like when I was in engineering, I didn't speak to anyone. And I, I actually remember when I spoke to one of my bosses because I got knocked back for a promotion and I I, I went in and I, I was so annoyed. I told him, I was like, I'm better than the guy you've hired. And he turned around and he went, I know. I like, what? So you know that I'm better. I, I was coming in ready to show him with all the mm -hmm. evidence to prove that I was better and I had more knowledge and I'd helped more people. And he went, no, I know. He's like, but you don't speak to anyone. He says, oh. I would rather you were less intelligent, but more sociable. 
And yeah. I'm like, my mind, at that point in time, my head exploded. I was like, mm. wait, you want me to talk to people? I'm thinking, you know, job, you go in, get on with the job, don't speak to someone, head down, work hard. That that was my mm. mindset growing up. Mm. My dad kind of drilled into me. So I couldn't believe to be told that, no, you need to speak to people. Mm. And, you know, fast forward again to today, and, you know, I've seen by your reaction there, you know, how important being able to speak to someone is now whether you're in sales, whether you're promoting your business, whether you're speaking or coaching mm. someone. And would you think <clears throat> that when um, the boss said that, you know, you should be more socialized, was it to be like more regarding that it can bring the more business into the company or was it more like that the community in the company will take you and as a team member and you are <clears throat> with them? So basically there is this good vibe together. Yep. So in this case, it was the second. We were building that community, building that relationship, being able to interact with people. And going into that role, I needed to be more of a leader. So I needed to be able to communicate and lead people. And in his eyes, I was incapable of doing that because mm. I wouldn't speak to people. Mm. And although I had the knowledge, he admitted, he says, you absolutely know what you're doing. He says, I just, you're just not ready from that point of view, which yeah. was gutting, but... I then realized he was right. Mm. And you know that and that was some a change that I did make. I started speaking to people. Even it felt strange because in that process I would just go have a chat with someone, maybe go get a coffee and just chat with someone. And initially it felt so wrong because I'm thinking, I'm not working right now. Yeah. You know, go I'm not over at my area doing what I'm meant to be doing. I'm away from my workstation chatting. It felt mm. wrong. Mm. But it took it took a little bit of time to to realize. But yeah, I was building rapport. I was building connection. I was feeling I was being included. And and then fast forward to becoming more knowledgeable in in running businesses that you don't you shouldn't expect your team to be work, 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 never, never look away. Because then they're not happy. They're not you need to build a you need to give them a reason to want to support your company and want to grow your company with you. So they've got to have work-life balance, they've got to have happiness in the workplace they've got to feel like they're being rewarded for the work that they're doing for you as i know especially some big corporate companies it very much feels like it's it's take and that's something that i want to teach more today so one of the things i noticed and it was something i struggled with myself after i i've learned how to be able to speak and lead and communicate i realized how much in the engineering space lacked that communication because I was in it, I was part of it, I seen it. So I would love to be able to go in and fix that mindset and speak to some of these people and show them how you can communicate because one of the issues that happens in engineering is you've got managers and obviously you know yourself being a business owner that sometimes the people below you don't understand why you have to make, make a decision. Mm -hmm. You make a decision because you have all the information they don't know that and it might look like you're doing something negative in their eyes or they're taking something away and they're like and they're now annoyed at you but they didn't mm. understand the full picture so mm. one of the things i want to help teach is mm. how do we make sure that the people below you do see what's going on and how do they get the communication so they don't feel like you're not you're not doing this to annoy someone or to piss them off you're doing it because this is the needs of the company to help them grow, which will actually help them because it's going to give them 
continue to keep them in a job and it's going to help support their families. And I noticed that a lot in engineering. In engineering, there's a big age gap. There was a, a period of time where a lot of people didn't get into engineering. So a lot of people in engineering are either in their 30s or in or sort of in their 50s, 60s. There was, there was a gap in between. And the people who are in their 50s and 60s, they have that mindset. You know, they're at the point where this is, you know, my most hated saying in the world, this is how we've always done it. <laughs> Like, that doesn't mean it's right. That doesn't mean we can't do it better. <laughs> and you hear that a lot. so at the moment because obviously you went through that process of being an employee in that companies and you know how is it feeling so <clears throat> at the moment is it like your mission to help to go to those companies and help those people to communicate better or Absolutely. I'd like to go in and I'd like to have an opportunity to both speak with the management side and the leadership team on how they can communicate their message down to the down to the lower levels effectively, as well as helping the the lower end or the workers sort so to say that the decisions being made by management isn't that they're just trying to take something from you or, or fuck you over or anything like that. It's that there is actually a process and a decision that's being made there. Now, don't get me wrong, some engineering managers, they do just want to rule with an iron fist and be rather power hungry. It does happen. But most companies from a higher level, the goal is to grow the company. yeah and okay so <clears throat> this is what you are doing at the moment so can you also um, tell us a little bit more about what is it you try to like you said like you started a little bit of investing and is there was there anything else you you wanted to pursue as a business before you discovered that you want to do this part of the thing at the moment Absolutely. I've actually went through 12 different sort of, I, I'm not sure I would call them all businesses, but I've gone through 12 ventures in some ways, starting all the way back at my chewing gum at school. You know, my, my later one, my, my next kind of move, being that introvert was I moved to investing and trading. I look, you know, I, start, I got involved with crypto in early on days. I done stock trading, options trading, forex trading, all these things that I absolutely shouldn't do because statistically, ninety-eight percent of people lose money. Um, only it, it's the kind of thing that you need to study it for four years as if as if you were trying to do anything else. It's you when you're in the market, you're competing against. There's no beginner stock market. You're competing against the best in the world, and it's a zero sum game. In order for you to make money in trading, someone else has to lose. It's very different from business where we can all we can all gain. Yeah. So I got into that and initially I'd done very well. I we run I can't remember what year it was actually, but it was the bull market where everything was going up. Your dog could make money in that market. All you have to do was buy something and it just it just flew up. And I was using leverage, so I was using borrowed money. Borrow
And I, I realized that after my first year in the market, I made I made my first 100,000. I had started my investment with 13,000 and I took that up to 100. And it felt great. Mm -hmm. But what was interesting about that is I didn't feel accomplished. I didn't feel like I had achieved something. I didn't feel like, you know, I had a business or I had grown or I had developed. It didn't quite feel real. The other, the other problem with that is the mindset that comes with it. So at this point in time, I had done no mindset training. I had done no personal development. I didn't fully understand, understood what personal development was. You know, I was under the impression that if you want to grow your mind, you need to just learn more things. And that doesn't directly correlate to a strong mindset. So I had this mindset at, at this young age where I went, well, if I took 13 to 100, that's roughly 10x. So if I just do that again, mm -hmm. I've got a million. So in my head, that seemed so simple. I was like, this was so easy. So let's just keep going. And then by next year, I'll be a millionaire. So long story short, that didn't happen. We then moved into the crash that typically comes after a bull market. And mm -hmm. because, because I was leveraged, the crash wasn't a 50% crash like we've seen in COVID. This was just a, a mild correction in comparison. But I seen a 10% drop in the stock market and because I was leveraged, that's a 50% drop. Mm. So I lost 50,000 in one month. I went from making a hundred thousand in a year to losing 50,000 within one month. It was, it was actually. Did you, and did you stop over there or did you just uh, decided to, you know, stay there for a little bit longer until you lose it all? So I did stay. I tried to, reduce my positions and try and come out some of the margins i tried to go right i've clearly made a mistake here let's try and be more intelligent but i still wasn't intelligent like yeah. not compared to what what i'd be looking to do today i i at that point in time i actually you know the bitcoin started to run so i actually pulled a little bit of money and moved to bitcoin and i made around about twenty thousand with bitcoin which again we had the long run but things started dwindling down in the end, so what I had done, thankfully, is I had took the 13000 back out because I was looking to buy a house. So I thought, let's take my money back out and just play with profits. So that the only one positive way I looked at it is technically I didn't lose anything. Hmm. It was never my money. Yeah. I think I came out with maybe less than 5000 in the end. Hmm. So I still made something, but... <laughs> If I had cashed out at the top, you know, obviously yeah. no point thinking like that. But then if I had at least realized I'm I'm being if I had a mentor for for example, they would have they would have looked at that and went, Whoa, you're over leveraged here. Let's diversify. And I could have bought four property with that money. And I could have had a nice steady income coming in. Okay. That's good that you are uh, mentioning that because obviously uh, especially, and I think it's starting maybe now again, like when the Bitcoin was rising all the way up and up and up, I was getting all these messages and all these events were going on and it's like, you know, come along and you make money and you do that and you do crypto and everybody was like, you know, do that. It's easy. You make lots of money very quickly, easy peasy. So a lot of people, they get caught up in this because of obviously people wants to make easy money, right? But the thing is, it's never easy with anything you decide. It's not easy. So... 
because I know you obviously so I know uh, definitely more so once you you have obviously you at least took your money back so you didn't lose you make a small profit and uh, you bought your house so what did you do after like you said like okay so what kind of another business you were thinking like to do and kind of um, yeah something that will fulfill you or some somewhere where you felt like you know that's gonna be better yeah so in between that the, the after that that took that loss that's when i started actually looking to get actual mentorships before that i used to just do courses and books and huh. learn myself mm -hmm. I, I didn't actually value it was a little bit further down before i actually started going to proper getting a proper mentorship but in between that time i started looking at like silly little things again where we tried drop shipping and e-commerce and all these kind of fad things that you hear people talking about on instagram i tried all of them so there's a handful of things there that none of it really came to anything you know maybe make a thousand pound here or lose a couple of thousand pound there it wasn't until i started i actually got with a mentor that started focusing more on what what value can you actually bring to the marketplace and that was something I'd never thought about when I was thinking about business. It was always a, how can I make money rather than how can I bring value? And I always loved the idea of helping people. So coaching got flirted with a lot. And when I met this mentor, he actually suggested that I got into fitness because I've been working out my whole life. I've been doing it for a long time. I loved it. I was very passionate about doing it myself. So without going we didn't have a deep discussion about that he basically told me you should do that go do it and i was at this point in time he, this was one of the biggest guys i'd ever worked with so i was like well he's clearly smarter than me he, he must be right so let's go down that route and i got into the fitness and that was when i sort of started my first proper business so at that point i now had to start speaking to people and you wrote a book i wrote a book yeah there we go there's one of my original unreleased copies lean and loose i got i've got well, yeah i've got got my copy here as well yes yeah, so it's it's so it's a great book still very very relevant to help that's literally the whole premise that i follow of I, I still follow today of how i stay in shape how i live a lifestyle that allows me to have a bit of freedom we're not talking about eating six meals a day and not not allowing huh. to treat yourself when i came into that so at this time, I was still working in my high-paying engineering job. And at that point, that year in my engineering, I had made £65,000. And then when I closed my first client in fitness, it was 695 I think it was, or maybe 795 I think it was 695 mm -hmm. That £700 payment felt more achieving than the 60-odd thousand I was making in my job. Oh. And it really opened my eyes to what a great feeling of going out and, and actually went, I earned this. I didn't just do a job and got paid it. I actually earned this. I created the system. I I done the sales call. I done the had the conversations. I facilitated this money being made. Hmm. And it's an amazing feeling. So anyone who's in business probably knows this feeling. If any of you who listen who are not in business yet, it is a great feeling to look out for. When you made the, the money from obviously signing up a client for your uh, fitness coaching, 
So what did you, not only the feeling that, you know, that's really good that you managed to do it all on your own, you didn't need to go to work, but <clears throat> was there any other things like what maybe open your eyes so maybe you see more clearly or like open the doors to some more opportunities with that? Oh, it definitely opened my eyes to more opportunities because I certainly realized how, so going back to my original mindset of I want to make money on my laptop, not speaking to anyone, I wanted to be a trader, I wanted to be, you know, some sort of working on the laptop, sitting in the sun on another country. And it, it opened my eyes to what a real business looks like. You know, I've got to provide a service. I've got to create value. I've got to do sales, speak with people. And it really, it kind of took this, this unknown love for business and amplified it because Clearly there was something about me that, that was interested in it because I was selling chewing gum at 15 in high school. Mm. So it gave me a taste of making, you know, more decent money. I mean, that was the highest ever amount someone's ever paid me that wasn't for a job mm. at, at the time. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it opens <laughs> the idea of this is something that is scalable that I don't need because – Going back to when I was capped in the job, I can't make anymore. If I worked harder, I don't get paid anymore. If I do more hours, sure, but I was already doing all the hours I could. I was working at one point eighty hours a week. I'm like, there's not very many more hours to work. Hmm. So, in the business, then I can start scaling. You know, rather than looking at my hourly rate, looking at the value I gave. And you know, this first client that I worked with, we ended up losing like 20 kilos within three months. It was mm -hmm. an amazing result. Mm -hmm. And well, then I wrote the book and I started to realize that, well, interesting enough, actually, I had already half written the book. It was something I was kind of just doing as a, an enjoyment. And I ended up working with another coach and I brought it up and he, he just looked at me and he went, you've got that and you didn't tell me? I was like, mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was a big deal. He was like, this is great. This is huge. Get it out. Use it as a lead magnet. And that's what we did. And I started to, I said, I got it published. I got it, got it out. And, you know, I gave away, I gave copies away for people who were interested in working with me. It was a good way for credibility. And it was, it was also another, another sort of win to be able to say, I wrote a book. I'm an mm -hmm. author. You know, it's a very, empowering thing that it's a very difficult thing to do mm -hmm. and the more so, difficult you do in life the more you feel better and the more you achieve so do you still continue with the fitness coaching so at the moment no i've not done fitness coaching for a while now mm -hmm. i then i realized that as much as i like the fitness industry for me that it was a me thing and I didn't really like the industry. Like some of the stuff that like, gets put out in the industry, a lot of it, I, I'm going to, for any of you that don't realize, social media is a marketing tool. So some of the stuff you see on, on, on Instagram is for marketing reasons to get you to watch it. Doesn't mean it's good advice. So there's a lot of that. I mean, you see it in business as well. But the fitness industry, I think ultimately I couldn't, I didn't want to be around people teaching these things and when I was coaching as well the very basic premise of lose to to lose weight is eat less move more and I kind of felt like what yeah, more I know that too I know that too <laughs> that's it 
Saved, yeah. I saved 700 pounds. Oh my god, <laughs> there you go. Good. Good. I'll, uh, I'll invoice you for that. <laughs> uh, it made me realize that if I wanted to educate people and bring the best out in people, that that's not really the route that I can be most effective of helping people. And yeah, you know, there's only so much that I can tell you. Yeah, I can teach you lots of stuff about fitness, but a lot of it's you don't really need to know that you're not yeah. your life's not getting any better knowing the different the different types of you know the way the body processes calories like so so that was the chapter about the fitness coaching yeah. and uh and now very interesting point if you can share because obviously i do rent to rent service accommodations and i sell them to investors and we manage 50 service accommodation units and you have decided to take two rent to rent service accommodations to make money right so can you tell us a little bit more about that yeah so i had some money left over in stocks that i had sort of saved up built up again that was being a bit safer with so i had about at the point at that time twenty five thousand. And then I met this mentor that got me into fitness and he teaches people about property. And I'm going, oh, it's really interesting. And he kept sharing these people. And one of this, there's one person that he worked with quite closely, kept saying, you know, how great this person's doing and he's getting all these deals and he's selling them to investors and the investors are loving it. And I'm like, huh, that sounds like such an easy way to make money. <laughs> That's red flag number one. Easy way to make money. Yeah. <laughs> Always do your due diligence. <laughs> and, you know, I watched this guy and he's he was always sort of, he was very close with the mentor. And I was like, well, if, if I want to try getting into this, it would make sense that I should try it with him because he's very close. Mm -hmm. And I ended up investing and buying a deal with him. I also made a friend that was doing extremely well in the same space. And she was also well promoted by, by the, the mentor and basically saying, you know, she's amazing. She's, she does great. And I'm like, wow, not only have I become friends with her and she, she clearly does do very well. He's got, she's got, he's got someone, she's got someone who knows more than her also saying that she's doing really well. So I'm like, that was my due diligence. I was like, these people are around people saying they're great, so they must be great. Yeah, and, Yeah, so I took my 25,000 and I thought, being smart from what I learned from investing, I went, I need to diversify. So I'll buy one deal from, from him and one deal from her, and that way I'll spread out my risk because at least one of them's going to make money, right? <laughs> and well, how long have you had these had deals for? So I lasted it was between six and eight months and how much money did you make i didn't make anything i continued to pay out one thousand five hundred pound a month the cover running of them while mm. they were not making money so not only did i invest twenty five thousand, i was losing 1500 a month it's a terrible experience for someone who wants to invest in rent and service accommodation deals yeah it was and it fairly knocked me back and it was devastating. And I actually, the worst part was one of the deals, um, the mentor then found out that I'd lost all this money and he asked if he could see the deal. I sent it to him and he went, terrible deal, shouldn't have done it. He mm. went, you should, have, you should have messaged me. And I was like, huh, I didn't even think about maybe asking 
one of the experts are getting an outside opinion. Obviously, the person selling to me was going to say it's great because they're getting their cut. Uh, I should really have done more due diligence. I could have spoke to him. I could have spoke to yourself because yeah. at this point, I had then met you. I eventually exited the deals. Um, yeah. I, I found out. I, I then, as I've become more knowledgeable in the space and from what I've learned from yourself, we've found out why they weren't working. Like one of them was very poorly set up. And mm. I, I know that you then took over and set it up properly. And now it is making money. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't own it anymore. Mm. And as for the other one, I don't know what's going on with the other one. That one I had to, I bought out of the contract. So I actually had to pay even more to get out of it. It, it was, it was heartbreaking. The the biggest lesson I could take from that though, other than do your due diligence, which is very apart apparent, you know, mm. and the due diligence even on people, like what is their track record as well? Like, are is this because there are a lot of people in the industry who just sell deals because that's how they make their money, you yeah. know? If if someone's selling you a deal and they manage it, well, they clear clearly they're not going to be interested in selling a deal that that's not going to make money because then they won't make money managing it. So there's that, that stuff like that kind of helps. Or even if, if someone's just selling deals and that's all they do. Yeah, no, I definitely, <clears throat> I see it often. I mean, I've done uh, so far, I think two videos only on YouTube, but it's like people are sending me those deals. Like, you know, can you sell it? Can you sell it? Can you sell it? And I'm just looking at those deals, you know, they look amazing. The deal package is like, wow, it's golden and black and all these numbers. And you just see this, like, how much is gonna money going to make? I'm like, yeah, it looks good. And after I sit down and I'll make a due diligence and after I'll find out that it's actually not making any money because the all the numbers are inflated because they just want to sell it and make this money and not take care about anything else, which is very short. A business because obviously more and more people will do it so obviously they'll realize that something is wrong yeah. but on the other hand it's also difficult in today's world like because oh we obviously know those people but you know you, we don't even want to mention their names because we don't want to destroy their brands and uh you know we you know m maybe you know they got better since that and you know they they can rebuild but you know it's, it's difficult it's difficult you know to obviously judge so definitely like we mentioned like it's very good to have someone who can help you can guide you like uh, as especially someone who has a lot of deals and you know can uh, clearly see those deals and can tell you the truth but also like you said like you had uh, someone like that and uh, a big name big mentor but it's uh, yeah you never know you never know yeah I think a big thing is how long they've been doing it as well. Like one one of them had only started doing it that year, yeah, and didn't have a big track record of you know maybe multiple years of in the industry. And I actually see that a lot, even with clients that I've worked with today, where they, they try and sell something that they don't understand. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I've recently dealt with a client where I've told them you need to actually stop selling what you're selling because, as far as I'm concerned, you're scamming people because you yeah. don't understand how to deliver what you're delivering and you're hoping that you could just pay someone else to deliver it. Mm. And, you know, that's fine hiring people to deliver something, but you need to know how to, to run that department. So it's crazy to think somebody can come in and say, oh, how long have you been in the, in the industry? Or oh, three months. And then be like, oh yeah, pay me, pay me 3000 for this deal. It's going to make you money. Trust me. I've done, I've done three courses. It's like, it's in the grand scheme of business. It's, it's not it's not enough 
learning. Like for example, I have a, uh, obviously a few clients and uh, you know, he went out, we went out there and he finds a deal and after he's checking with me if the deal is good or not. So, and um, for example, a lot of those deals already showed me, I said like, no, it's not good enough so we cannot sell it because otherwise I can sell it. And, uh, and it's really good because even if, for example, he's in the game just two months, but the thing is, I'm telling him, you need to leverage me because I'm in the longer, longer in that yeah. game. So if they have a question, so you can pass them to me and I can show them the proof record that, as me. So even if you are in the game just two months, it's okay because you have me. But if somebody's just like you said, like done online course and now they, they are like, yeah, yeah, I know what I'm doing and they have no one to back them up. Yeah, I think you need to be careful with that, yeah. I really love that and that was really well put. And I like, I like to say it's borrowed credibility. If you're working with someone, if you've been in business for three months, that's fine. But if you're working with someone who's got more experience, then you can sort of lean on their credibility and say, I'll work with this person. This person can verify it. You can speak with that person. And that's so valuable. So if anyone is who's listening, who's only been in business for three months, you know, that's a great opportunity to have a mentor or a coach that has more experience. You know, even if even if you don't even need to learn anything, but even just having that accountability and having that credibility that they can lean on that someone else is going to feel more comfortable knowing that you're working with an expert or you're working mm. with someone ahead of you so i definitely think that's a big thing and that's something i've had to learn mm. along the way as well mm. you know constantly learning constantly growing constantly being around people that are on your level and above so i've done a really good job recently of i don't really associate with people who are below me if they're not interested in growing and they'd rather just go out to the pub and drink, I don't want to be around that. I'd rather be around people who are at the very least on the same level and wavelength as myself, but preferably people above me, because then I've got a chance where I keep learning and keep growing and be around these amazing people because they didn't get there by accident. They got there by doing amazing things. And that's inspiring to me. Okay, so that's you've done those deals. You have <coughs> lost some a lot of money, and um, you already said like what you are doing at the moment. You're like helping, you know, coaching and also, uh, you know, finding the way how to help people in the companies through speaking engagements. And uh, <coughs> before you decided to do that, we actually joined forces and we decided to do something together. Uh, I mean, we have last five minutes. Can you quickly tell us a little bit more about that? Because obviously. We started, we ran it for a few months, but we are not doing it anymore. So obviously it's not everything is just sunshines and rainbows. Obviously there are hard things as well in the business. So obviously we we, we set apart for, for now for that part, but if you can say maybe in, in your words. You know, I mentioned the failures I had before and I think people then expect that they get to a point where, oh, I know what I'm doing now. I'm not gonna have any more failures. And that's not really the reality. And this is proof of it. As we both, Vincent and I, you know, we shared a common interest of wanting to help people, wanting to do speaking, and we shared a, a similar knowledge base with variable um, different areas that allowed us to be able to work together to, to help coach and speak and present to people. And we then quickly learned the challenges of that kind of business that we'd never worked in. You know, we had we'd never ran events before. This this business we would come into actually running our own events, getting people to come and actually show up so that we can speak to them. And that proved to be such a challenge. So initially I spent more time focusing on what am I going to say and not so much on how do I get people to actually come. 
and that was probably one of the biggest drawdowns of mm. the struggles there. And I think the other big thing as well to sort of add is just because somebody's doing well doesn't mean doesn't mean or 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 even more to say someone who's actually coaching you on a certain thing doesn't mean they don't have struggles themselves in an era that you don't need to be perfect to help others you know i know mm. to go back to fitness if you could if you've lost weight in your life then you know how to lose weight you could help someone who's where you used to be get to where you are now you're not saying that you're going to get them to stage ready and compete on stage you're just saying i can get you to where i'm at and that's that was a big thing as well where i actually found that i started to struggle mentally through some of the the workload and the the, the stress of running the events and it, it became to point to me where i actually broke down a little bit and i had to take time to myself and rebuild myself back up so it's as the saying goes it's okay to not be okay we all go through things my biggest thing is just don't let that become your identity hmm. you know yeah. if you're going through something that's okay to go through it but don't let it be who you are don't don't become the person who is always got a problem who is always struggling with this or is always struggling with that if you have something that you, i promise you you can get through it you just need to find the right people that can support you, whether it's a coach, whether it's a psychologist, whether it's a psychiatrist, a counsellor, maybe it's someone up there like Tony Robbins. And I can I can speak from experience because I've, tr- I've tried them all. I've spoke to m- numerous professionals, not only to help me grow, but also so that I can learn how they present and how they communicate so that I can improve my communication so that I can help everyone, everyone mm-hmm. else as well. Thank you very much for sharing all those things because it's very good that people can see that, you know, there are different challenges in life. And if you want to, you know, grow a business or even you don't need to have a business, but just develop yourself. So there are things like, you know, like you had up making 100,000 and after you lost 50 right away and after you lost a little bit more and after you saved a little bit and after you went into the different business having open mind having energy to do something and again like you know <clears throat> unfortunately you didn't pick up the right deal or right people or whatever happened and now you are back you know two step forward one step back but now again you are heading somewhere and you have the clear vision what you want to do and that's supposed all what is it all about right so i mean you are very young you are what 27 right so you know there is no no need to rush anywhere and the thing is it's important to obviously not give up and just like keep going and even sometimes we have those challenges and i had so many of those challenges as well and uh, yeah so i think it's definitely very valuable what you shared today because people can relate to that and they can say like oh it's all right i can actually uh, go and i can get there absolutely my best mindset that I've taken from this is I have I have had a lot of knockdowns. I've had a lot of mistakes, but I'll tell you one thing: I've never failed, because you only fail when you give up, and I have not yet given up. So, I'm still going to move forward. If I get knocked down, it doesn't matter how long I stay down. I could be down for a month, I could be down for a year. It doesn't matter because I'm gonna get back up. Thankfully, I've never been down as long as a year, but I get up. I'm gonna move forward, and there is plenty of time. That's something. If any young viewers are watching this please take that away because i was mr you know try and be a millionaire by 25 it's not it doesn't matter the 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 number doesn't matter it's you that matters you know your lifestyle 
the people you surround yourself with, your mental health, are you even enjoying life? Like, what's the point of being a millionaire if you if you hate life and you're miserable? You know, enjoy the process and you'll go much further. Amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that. And uh, yeah, and we will do it again someday as well. Perfect. Thank you.